Well, it's nice to be uh, back here again. I was here um, for the opening uh, ceremony, which was very nice. And um, so here I am back to say something. <laughs> uh, so two things uh, crossed my mind when I was thinking about what to talk about. Um, so I thought that I would talk about something pretty fundamental. Uh, and what crossed my mind was uh, two phrases. One, uh, beginner's mind, and the other, wholehearted uh, practice. So I want to talk about how those two go together, how they um, complement each other. My teacher, Suzuki Roshi, uh, always talked about beginner's mind, and I'm sure you've all heard about that. Um, so, uh, what is beginner's mind? When I spoke to Gil, I said, uh, well, what do you think I should talk about? And he said, well, um, maybe encouraging beginners. And so I thought about that and about uh, how I encourage beginners. But the phrase beginner's mind um, looks like something for beginners. But actually, uh, beginner's mind is the beginning of practice, but it's also the end of practice. Um, it's also the middle. So what does that mean, beginner's mind? When someone first comes to practice, uh, then uh, when we come to practice, we come for various reasons. Um, maybe very few of us or none of us come for the right reasons. <laughs> but we do come for some reason. Um, maybe we want to improve our self in some way, or maybe we want to get enlightened, or maybe we, uh, we want something for ourselves. actually. When we come to practice, we want something for ourselves. mostly. I don't see anybody. Um, and then, in the course of uh, putting ourselves into practice, um, we come to realize, after um, practice matures, that practice is not something just for ourselves. Uh, and uh, our activity, you know, we bring our self to practice. And our self um, is motivated by our nature. So, the one that actually brings us to practice is uh, Buddha. Buddha brings self to practice. And in the course of practice, self um, dissolves. So, in a way, it's a kind of suicide. <laughs> Sorry. We bring this self to practice 
but we don't know what's going to happen to it. And in the end, uh, we, we let go of it. We lose it. Um, so, beginner's mind, when we first come to practice, we don't know anything. We may think we do, but we don't, but much. So, beginner's mind means to drop all of your opinions. To drop whatever you think that practice is. To let go of our ideas and our assumptions. Uh, to let go of our conditioning. And simply uh, offer ourselves to practice without any conditions. It's not like, I will offer myself to practice, but I'll keep something back. That's not beginner's mind. Beginner's mind is simply, uh, without any presumptions, without any conditions, to simply say, here I am. This is what Adam says, right? Here I am. So we have to be the first person on earth. Here I am. Uh, and I offer myself to this. That way, that's the fastest way to get to where you're going. But we don't move so fast because we have a lot of resistance to letting go of self. <clears throat> so, the, uh, um, beginner's mind and wholehearted practice are really two aspects of the same thing. Just two ways of talking about the same thing. Uh, in wholehearted practice, uh, we simply throw ourselves into what we're doing. So, in the practice we have Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. These are the three treasures of Buddhism, which you all know about. We all know about that. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Uh, but um, Buddha, these are the three legs of the vessel of, of practice. Uh, Buddha is, has many names. We say uh, Shakyamuni Buddha was um, the Buddha of this particular um, uh, uh, personification of, of uh, Buddha for our practice. We lived 2,500 years ago or so. And then there's Buddha, which is our true nature, called Buddha nature. And then there's Varochana Buddha, and many, many Buddhas, and many Buddhas before Buddha. Buddha simply found the path of all the Buddhas that came before him. So there have been, uh, according to uh, legend, innumerable Buddhas. But Buddha is also each one of us. 
Each one of us is Buddha. So there are many names of Buddha. Shakyamuni Buddha, Sun-Faced Buddha, Moon-Faced Buddha, Varochana Buddha, and Joe and Mary Buddha. So each one of us is half Buddha, half ordinary sentient being. But that's not quite accurate either. That's half and half. Actually, each one of us is totally Buddha and totally sentient being. This is our understanding. Sentient beings and Buddhas are not two. So Buddha is always right here. Dharma is the law, Buddha's teaching, uh, the path, and the practice. Um, When we come to practice, um, we have some desire. And the law of uh, Buddha's practice is that desire is that um, uh, the bottom of our problems. The source of our problems is desire. We all know this. So, turning desire toward practice is not called desire. Even though we say, well, you have a desire to practice. Isn't that a desire? That's uh, sophistry. No, desire to practice is not desire anymore. It's not called desire. It's called way-seeking mind. So, desire is turned. It's not eliminated. You can't eliminate desire. You simply turn desire toward the way, toward the practice. That's called uh, way-seeking mind. It's no longer called desire, even though it's driven by desire. It's purified desire. Sometimes we have some uh, mistaken notion that we're supposed to get rid of desire in Buddhism. But um, desire uh, is what drives practice. It's no longer called desire in that sense. Because you're not trying to get something. Um, And then there's Sangha. Sangha is the supportive practice of everyone who practices. Sangha is our uh, third treasure. Uh, the collective practice of, all, of each one of us. So, in a sense, uh, Buddha is our singular practice. And Sangha is our collective practice. And Dharma is our path. So, when we... Some people are only interested in Buddha. Some people are just interested, but they're not so interested in studying or Dharma. And they're not so interested in Sangha, maybe. So, that's they only have one leg. <laughs> and so their vessel is a little bit tippy. And then some people are interested in in Dharma. They're interested in studying Buddhism. But they're not so much interested in having a teacher or 
monkeying with the other students. But they like to study and, and uh, talk about Zen, and they talk about Buddhism. And then there are those who are more social, and they like Sangha. And, but they're not so interested in studying, and they're not so interested in the teacher. So, in order to have a complete and whole practice, it has to include Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You don't have to do that. But if you want to have a whole practice, the three, and have the three legs that support the vessel of practice, uh, uh, it's necessary to have all three because they really support each other and reinforce each other and create a, a complete way of practicing. Um, so, beginner's mind and wholehearted practice are the two aspects of practice that really go together. Um, to letting go of body-mind Offering up ego in the service of the Dharma. We say, get rid of ego. But you can't get rid of ego so easily. You know, getting rid of is um, uh, a little bit um, abusive, maybe. But we offer our ego, our self, to what we're doing. We offer our, our ego to practice. When we sit in meditation, a meditation is an offering. The reason for practice is to practice. People, why do I practice? Why do you practice? I practice in order to practice. Simply letting go of everything and offering yourself to Buddha or to practice or to wholeheartedly offer yourself to it. That's all it is. As soon as you want to get something, You've already created a self. I hear people sometimes say, I've been practicing for 10 years and what did I get out of it? The purpose of practice is to let go, not to get. It's kind of uh, antithetical to our society, to any society. And it's difficult to let go. But letting go means that it fills your hands. As soon as you really let go, it fills your hands. But we're sometimes afraid to let go because we think we have this idea about emptiness. We hear the word emptiness. And emptiness means there's nothing there. 
but actually emptiness is fullness. We say sometimes to step off the top of a hundred foot pole. Once you get up to the top of the pole, step off. See what happens. Um, my teacher used to say, um, uh, don't worry. Um, you'll always find yourself somewhere in the universe. <laughs> but coming back to a beginner's mind, going back to beginner's mind, uh, or beginner's practice, um, I remember uh, when I was um, first starting to practice, uh, at Zen Center with Suzuki Roshi, and we would do sashin, and sashin was very difficult, uh, especially for us beginners, because we were encouraged not to move, you know, seven days, don't move. So really hard. And um, after experiencing that difficulty, you have a lot of sympathy for everyone's practice because you know that everyone is, has the same difficulty and uh, you feel this mutuality of difficulty. And then um, later, after I became a teacher, um, and we would have sashins, and I would see new people you know, coming into sashin for the first time not knowing what was going to happen and wondering if they could even do this thing. Uh, and um, watching their um, effort um, and watching their doubts and um, encouraging them through their doubts. And even though they have their doubts and not knowing how to do this thing, to putting themselves totally into it. To me, that's the most encouraging kind of practice. So I always encourage, at the end of Sashin, I often um, uh, say to, to the beginners how encouraging their practice has been for everyone else because they're trying so hard and their effort is so strong and uh, unassuming, naive, uh, and pure, just pure, the purest kind of practice uh, is the most, most encouraging practice. So I always feel um, that kind of encouragement from beginners that they're putting themselves wholeheartedly into something and, and trying as hard as they can and not knowing what's next. Just pure practice. <clears throat> so, um, in, you know, and I, was, uh, I remember in Zen Center, um, people, when they walk, when they come into Zen Center, and I think this is the experience of a lot of people, 
you think, oh, those Zen students, they're so kind of austere and cold and not very welcoming. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but it's because um, they don't want to give people a false impression. Oh, come on in, and you, you know, you'll like this practice, and, and everything will be okay. No, no. You have to f kind of find your way, and when you find your, you have to. You may not feel comfortable, but even though you're not comfortable, you're finding your way in and taking this chance. You don't know where it's going, but you're, you're finding your way in. And so that kind of, that's the beginning of a kind of uh, courageousness. So practice pulls out something, you know, uh, forces something out of you from the beginning. If you engage, if you really engage, it brings out a kind of spirit that you don't know you have. Uh, and that's very important. So there's a kind of resistance, and that resistance is what sti is stimulating. Um, we say uh, Buddha uh, is a <coughs> Buddha is a resistance to practice. Buddha is a kind of stumbling block to practice. So you have to kind of engage, and uh, uh, find your way in. And once you've committed yourself in some way, then you have all kinds of encouragement. But until you actually enter the door, there's not much encouragement. You know, in Zen practice, when um, the monks go to the monastery, the first, the first thing they do is go to the steps of the monastery and they put their head down for days, just like this, on the steps, until they're invited in. And then they go through a little more harassment before <laughs> they actually are accepted. But in Zen Center, we're very welcoming, actually. Uh, we used to be more austere. But actually, we're, we're much more welcoming. And uh, um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. But um, there are a lot more Zen students than there used to be. <laughs> so uh, what, is, what is practice? What is Buddhist practice? to be yourself completely. And to be yourself completely is to let go of yourself completely. Dogen Zenji says, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. 
it's always been Buddhist practice. Hard. But you know, when you do something difficult, you feel better. You ever notice that? After doing something that's really hard, but when you accomplish it, you feel really good. So, practice should give us a little problem. And we should be able to take up the problem. Because the problem that we have, or we get, is just the problem of ourself, in the, if you really look at it. So a good teacher will um, help the student to find the problem of the self. And that problem uh, you know, is something that helps us to work, to uh, gives us something to work with. If we don't have any problem, there's nothing to work with. And um, if uh, you know, we want to get rid of our problem, it's human nature. We want to get rid of our problem, but uh, if we get rid of our problem, then we just have another problem. Because the problem will always replace the one that we get rid of. So it may be better to uh, just work with the problem we already have. Because the problem we get may be worse than the one we already have. Do you have any questions? Yes. Aversion. Well, aversion is the other side of um, grasping. So, um, desire, uh, um, uh, both grasping and aversion are desire. It's just two sides of desire. So, um, aversion is, isn't the other side of desire. It's the other side of grasping. So, uh, we say, uh, I remember my teacher talking about, he say, you're very, all of you are very attached to your pain. And I would think, no, I'm not attached to my pain, I just don't want it. So aversion is, is, is attachment, uh, and uh, as well as grasping. They're just two, two, the two opposite sides of, of attachment. So um, uh, letting go of uh, you know, both aversion and grasping, uh, aversion and grasping. Um, 
is how we have to allow ourselves to sit. The secret of sitting zazen is not grasping what you like and not averting what you don't like. Simply letting go all the time. Moment by moment, letting go. Otherwise, you can't sit for very long. You become attached to your discomfort, or you become attached to your, you know, what you like. As soon as you don't like it, you're caught. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't get in the way of practice. Buddha gets in the way of self. I, mean, I probably said that. Buddha, Buddha is an is is obstacle to practice. Um, Buddha is an obstacle to practice if you think that you want to accomplish something like being Buddha. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, Wu Wei, um, not doing, yeah. Um, there's doing, there's not doing, and then there's non-doing, which is Wu Wei. <laughs> so, um, you know, we do something, we don't do something, but non-doing is like doing something without self-centeredness, basically. Self-centeredness. Without, um, um, you know, I don't like to use the word ego too much, but I like to use the word, the term self-centered, uh, centered around the self. So, uh, wu-wei means not doing. In other words, the doing which is not this not the self's doing, but uh, just just doing. We call it shikantaza in uh, Zen. Shikantaza means just sitting. It's not uh, it, when it's Buddha sitting. Buddha's doing zazen. Don't say I'm doing zazen or. Um, uh, my legs hurt, or me, my. You know, we have, when I was a kid, we had this saying, me, myself, and I, the three people that are, are here. <laughs> we let go of those three in Zazen. This Buddha's sitting. Let go of, I remember my teacher used to say, it's just painful legs sitting on a black cushion. Don't think, I am doing zazen. So this is kind of like Wu Wei, Shikantaza, just doing. Oh, to forget, study the self is to uh, forget the self. So it's a kind of, sounds like a kind of contradiction. 
<laughs> yeah. To study the self is to forget the self. Um, I'm trying to remember how the whole phrase goes. And um, basically, there is no self. So, how you study the self is to let go of the self. Study, in the sense, doesn't mean to study, you know, like studying a book. It means, it, the term means like doing something over and over again. Um, our practice, you know, is the, it's always been the practice of daily practice. So, uh, we're, we're always encouraged to sit every day. So this everyday practice is like doing the same thing, doing zazen over and over and over again. This is called studying the self. But it's not studying the self up here. It's absorbing through your pores by doing. Uh, and when you do that, you drop the self. And then everything comes forward to enlighten you. So the self is an obstacle. When you drop the self, then you allow everything to come forward and enlighten you. There's something called mindfulness. And mindfulness is be aware, right? But it's not to keep judging yourself all the time. Oh, did I take an extra spoon? It's like Weight Watchers or something. <laughs> yeah, you want to be careful not to become obsessive. Yeah, simply practice, but don't become obsessive. As soon as you find yourself becoming obsessive, you should think. Oh, now I'm becoming obsessive. <laughs> so, you know, uh, be careful. Be mindful, but also be careful not to get too finicky with yourself. I mean, that, that's a kind of danger, you know. Every practice has its dangers. And one of the dangers of, of Zen practice is becoming finicky or, you know, or too obsessive. Or to, you know, oh, you know, I made this little mistake here and I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, it, you, you don't give yourself room to, you know, 
So give yourself some room. But at the same time, be mindful and careful. It's a, it's a kind of middle way, you know. Yes. No self? Yeah. Well, that's one way to um, uh, let go of yourself. But, uh, you know, no self doesn't mean that there's nobody there. It, the self itself is not a self. If you, you know, look at um, the whole body-mind is uh, like a stream, a river. The mind is like um, uh, a a running river. And the five skandhas form feelings, perceptions, mental formations, thoughts, and consciousness are like... Uh, confluence of these five streams that are interacting with each other and constantly changing. And there's not a self in it. But we say, this is myself, right? So, yes, this is myself. But this myself that I say is myself is not a real self. (laughs) It's not a fundamentally a self, but I accept it as a self. You have to accept it as a self, even though you know it's not a self. Or you may not know that it's not a self. (laughs) But it's not. If you look at it, if it was, you'd live forever, just like you are. You're a wave on the ocean of existence. So we say, oh, there's the wave. But the wave goes back down, and it's just part of the ocean. So we're all this wavelets on the ocean of existence. And we say, this is myself. Yeah, tentatively that's so. But it's not a real self. So in order to find our true self, which is the ocean itself, we have to let go of our, uh, our notions in order to experience our true self. So we say, the true self is the whole universe. So we have to be able to see beyond our individuality. So our our individuality is singular Buddha, but our true self is collective Buddha also. So, uh, our true self, I mean, our singular self is Buddha expressed as this person, Buddha nature. But our, uh, it's the same nature as all of us and everything. It's just, a, they're just different expressions of Buddha, Buddha nature. So, Buddha nature is expressed as every little action. Every little, every atom of existence. 
in different ways. So everything is Buddha. This is why we say respect the Buddha. Respect everything as Buddha. You know, we say, well, the teacher is Buddha. In Zen, we say teacher is Buddha. But the student is also Buddha. So the teacher and the student should respect each other as Buddha. And everyone else should respect each other as Buddha as well. We should treat each other as Buddha. If we treat each other as Buddha, we eliminate a lot of the problems in the world. So, how do we do that? It's nine o'clock. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to my blabber. <laughs> okay.